0: Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. I am here with the queen of Cause Marketing Forums Conference, a huge success this year, Miss Megan Strand. Hey, Megan.
1: Hi, Joe. Thank you. So nice wow. to see you in Chicago.
0: I know. We had such great fun in Chicago. I think basically we can take the directory. Of who's who in Cause Marketing that we got from the forum, and just have all of those people on Cause Talk Radio for the next year. That is
1: an excellent idea. Let's do that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was an outstanding conference this year, and Thank I've you. written about it, folks, um, on a couple spots. And as a matter of fact, on Rezu's blog today, Inspiring Generosity, I have a post on how wonderful uh, the Cause Marketing.
1: Except we were missing one person, but that's why we have him on today.
0: That's right. That's right. And on the line right now is Tim Siffman. He is the founder and president of the Siffman Group. And he does something interesting, Megan. He is a third-party company that helps companies and causes execute and maximize point-of-sale programs. Hey, Tim. How's it going today? Great, Joe. Happy to be with you. How are you, Megan? Oh. Great, thanks. It's our pleasure, Tim. I mean, you know, we were chatting a little bit th- about this before the show. I mean, what you guys do is really incredible. Can you tell our listeners about it, Tim?
2: Uh, sure, Joe, thanks. Uh, you know, it really started with identifying an unmet need. So prior mm-hmm. to uh, starting uh, the Sifferman Group, I was actually an employee at McDonald's Corporation mm-hmm. and um, saw that their donation box program, um, you know, the... the donation boxes you see on the front counter in the drive-through yep. yep. they've been in place for a number of years but so much of the responsibility and the liability for executing that program uh, was at the store level and mm-hmm. just realized you know this this isn't a priority the restaurants have a business to run
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, what if we took over that responsibility uh, made it easier for the restaurants to participate? You know, what what impact would that
0: have on the uh, on on the results of the program? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you so you left uh, Ronald McDonald House, right? Or not actually McDonald's, McDonald's. you know, you didn't work for the nonprofit, you worked for the company and stuff like that. Yeah. So
2: it was it it was really the best of both worlds. As a McDonald's employee, I focused all my time um, Mm -hmm.
0: developing corporate partnerships to benefit Ronald McDonald House charities. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. For something like that. So McDonald's was your first client coming out of the gate. It was, it was. And, uh, you know, as, as you can imagine, it was,
2: uh, it was quite a challenge, certainly a great opportunity, a blessing. Um, But uh, having, having to, uh, to tackle that challenge first, I think really served us well to eventually be able to expand this to other systems. And, you know, what we found is, So many of these point-of-sale programs, they start with the very best of intentions, Mm -hmm. but you're putting people uh, at the store level, you know, in in really an uncomfortable situation when they're Mm -hmm. handling public donations.
0: Yeah, especially direct cash. Like what you get from donation boxes and stuff like that. I mean, and just so our listeners know, when we talk about point of sale, we're talking about anything that happens at the register. So any business that has a register that does a charity program, we call a point of sale. And this can range from pinups to donation boxes to roundup programs to register programs. They take a lot of different forms. What you're talking about specifically, Tim, though, is donation boxes. That's
1: right. Okay. Would you share with our listeners, because it's just such an impressive number, the the results that you had, you know, kind of where Ronald McDonald House Charity Coin Collection Program was when you took it over and where it is now. It's just such an impressive figure.
2: Sure. So, you know, as you know, McDonald's um, embraced and supported and created the Ronald McDonald House, Ronald McDonald House Charities before uh, really cause marketing was, was a term. And so Mm -hmm. the donation box program, um, really was an extension of that. It had been in place, uh, by 2005, 2006, it had already been in place about 14 years Mm -hmm. and it grew slowly, but surely over, over time. Um, Mm -hmm. but as it grew, so about, uh, uh, 2005, uh, nationwide contributions were around $10 million a year. So Mm -hmm not an insignificant uh, uh, sum of money, especially when you consider it's quarters, nickels, and dimes contributed by the customers. And so as the program grew and the burden grew on the restaurants, participation really started to wane. And so Mm -hmm. when we did remove that responsibility, and and really the foundation of what we've done is um, created a nationwide service network of individuals Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that, have physical presence in these locations and take over all responsibility for securing, collecting, and processing the contributions.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's huge, though, uh, Tim. I mean, I remember even here in Boston, I used to work with a bagel chain called Finagle a Bagel, and uh, they did a donation box program in probably about a dozen stores at the time, Tim. And one of the charities that they were working with one day said, we don't want your money anymore. We don't want an extra $25,000 a year because we hate the collecting and processing of the money. It's too heavy, it's too time-consuming, and we're not interested in it anymore. They actually backed out of the program.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it, it really is. And I think that's really at the foundation of of what we did. For years and years, the approach was, you know, When we talked to McDonald's and participating franchisees, the approach had been, would you please make donation boxes a higher priority? Mm -hmm. But I think the the real fundamental change that enabled um, this whole program was to say, you know what? Your priority is running your business. Right. As the charity, we will take over that responsibility for the oversight, the management of the program. Yes, And so – because it was suddenly so much easier for the stores to participate, mm-hmm. you know, their role really began and ended with enabling the program, or mm-hmm. reserving space on the front counter in the drive through mm-hmm. Because it was so much easier to participate, you saw the numbers, the participation numbers increase. We're now over 94% of the mm-hmm. U.S. system mm-hmm. in the voluntary program. Uh, so to have that participation rate in a voluntary program is is unheard of. And getting back to the results, with that increased participation, uh, nationwide contributions have gone from 10 million, about seven years ago, to 28 million dollars last year. Wow, so, that's incredible. tremendous increase. Yep, um, and an obvious benefit to the charity.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that, and, you know, one of the things I'm curious, too, Tim, is one of the reasons I like McDonald's, too, from a donation box program is that it is kind of the ideal business for something like that. And, you know, where so often we see donation boxes fail is that they're not in the right type of business. And the right type of business for me is a business that really relies on cash from the consumer to pay for its items because that's how you generate all that extra coinage.
2: Absolutely,
1: well, yeah.
0: absolutely. And
1: when you're talking about extra coinage, tell them, Tim, what the the average amount that an individual franchise might collect in a day.
2: Well, so that is, I, I think, the power of certainly the McDonald's system, and when you when you think about the multiplier effects of multi-chain retail locations. Mm-hmm. So that twenty-eight million dollars that boils down to. Just about five dollars and eighty cents per store per day. Wow! And so, you know, you talk about uh, the opportunity of cash transactions, yeah. the growing um, use of cashless technology. Mm-hmm. I think that five dollars and eighty cents per store per day shows we have a long way to go before we even max out the cash opportunity.
0: Absolutely. C- certainly, yeah. we
2: need to look at cashless, and and we are um, we are testing um, some some. Uh, technologies in that area, mm-hmm. but there, we have a long way to go before we max out that opportunity on the
0: cash transition. No, that, that is so true. And, you know, it points to, two. a lot of the success and cost marketing programs that Megan and I talk about, it's all about locations, locations, locations. I mean, that is certainly the the strongest determining factor of, the, of a program and why you get $28 million out of a donation box program with McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: I wonder if we could talk, just take a little bit of a step back for our listeners and talk, and I know both of you can talk about this, but when you're running a point of sale program, you know, Tim, you're talking about how important it is to have boots on the ground, somebody mm-hmm. in that location every 30 days to administer mm-hmm. this program. Joe, you have you were just talking about finagle a bagel and charities pulling out because it's too much of a pain. Yep. What's involved? Talk just about the logistics. I think people would be curious to know, you know, it mm. seems like a simple thing, but clearly it's not. And I know that you're going to be doing some work with other organizations, too, or you are doing work with other organizations, Tim. So I know you have an idea of other logistics that happens. So can, can maybe Tim start out and then Joe jump in? Mm. Yeah. So,
2: um, you know, we've set out to solve a very specific problem within the RMHC and McDonald's system, and that was more efficiently uh, processing those contributions, Mm -hmm. making it easier for the stores to participate. But what we quickly found was there were, uh, you know, the the restaurant needs were much greater than just that collection process. We realized Mm -hmm. there was a lot of value. Mm-hmm. In that regular physical presence to help execute and support uh, these uh, these types of campaigns. So, for mm-hmm. example, changing out the graphics uh, for the donation boxes. Yep. Previously, uh, those materials would just be sent to the restaurants,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, you know sometimes they were they were placed on time, properly placed. Other times they weren't. But again, removing that responsibility from the stores taking it on as a third-party mm-hmm. uh, network, we now can view donation boxes not just as containers but as a media channel Yes. where we can have an ongoing, refreshed mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. with the customers and, and with the donors. Mm-hmm. So those merchandising services, I think, are an example of, again, taking that store-level execution uh, to a higher level.
0: Yeah. And and you know what it is, too? What's interesting, too, and what you learn about most cause marketing programs, Megan and Tim, is that donation boxes are only one part of the program a business should be doing. I mean, one of the people that I've always admired, Tim, for donation boxes is the USO, and they work with Kangaroo Express. Um, They're not in the Northeast. I don't think they're in your area either. And Megan, I don't even think they're in yours. I think they're in the Southwestern part of the United (laughs) (laughs) States. Yeah, they're in the Southwestern part of the United States where none of us are uh, right now now, but there's, they have hundreds of locations and they raise over a million dollars with donation boxes every year. And one of the reasons they do that is because they have, they combine donation boxes with special events for the troops at their mm. stores that raise additional funds. Mm-hmm. They do purchase trigger donations and other things to support the program. And what I come back to again and again, Tim, and I don't know if you find this too, is donation boxes are good, but they're great when you combine them with other point of sale programs
2: totally agree. The donation boxes become that physical infrastructure. They're a pipeline around which you can create all kinds of event, social media, traditional public relations support around that
0: physical pipeline, that physical call to action. Yep. Yeah, no, I think that now one of the things I was curious, Tim and uh, Megan couldn't answer this question before the show was: Do you do anything else besides donation boxes? Do you like, for example, you know, pinups are like such a big part of the fundraising for cause marketing and businesses. I mean, uh, the Cause Marketing Forum at the conference uh, a couple weeks ago they came out with a report from sixty-three nonprofits showing that they raised three hundred and fifty-eight million dollars in two thousand and twelve with, with pin-up programs, register programs, round-up programs, et cetera. Uh, do you work with those um, uh, those programs as well? Uh, no, uh, not not at this point. But, yep. again,
2: I think on the execution side where um, we can help and, and are just starting to get into this is distributing the information, mm-hmm. taking the information down so that you have consistent execution, At the store level, without burdening the store level staff, right, right,
0: and that is so key. And you know, one of the things, Megan, I always tell uh, nonprofits is like, look, you know, if if you are not doing the work, someone else has got to do it, and it can't be the business because the business has got plenty of work to do. The only thing you should ask the business to do is what is directly related to the fundraising, Mm -hmm. and that's it.
1: You know, and Tim and I had a conversation in Chicago about these types of programs, whether you're talking about J.C. JCPenney rounding, rounding up yes. or mm-hmm. whether you're talking about coin collection at McDonald's and it's kind of a philosophical conversation about, are you really making a donation to charity or you just don't want that 29 cents rattling around in your car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and Tim, maybe you can share what you shared with me about that. Um, that whole philosophy.
2: Well, I think if you're executing it properly, it, it mm-hmm. may not matter, <laughs> you know, that right. you can benefit. Yeah. Right. right.
1: Absolutely. I think
2: we all, you know, the answer also lies in, you know, w- we ourselves are all consumers. And, right. you know, I know that I don't want to walk around with change. And so mm-hmm. in many ways, it is an instinct. It's a reflex. And if we can trigger that as cause marketers, mm-hmm. if we can trigger that with merchandising, with, all of these other, you know, social media, traditional media, public relations support that we just talked about. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's that impulse buy. It's a pack of gum in the checkout lane that you didn't go yeah. in planning to purchase, but it's right there, so you do it. Right. Um, so from a charity's point of view, I'm not sure that the motivation necessarily matters mm-hmm. as long as we understand it and are able to,
0: to trigger it. Mm. No, really good point on something like that
1: so hard. I've I've asked Tim so many questions. Joe, do you have other questions for Tim? Well, you know, I just think what do you think,
0: Tim, in terms of, you know, I think it, we're really at an important time with cause marketing because I think we're, we're kind of straddling two different areas. On the one hand, we have these turnkey programs that have been around for years and years, decades, right? Pin-ups, purchase mm-hmm. trigger donations, donation boxes and stuff like that. And then on the other hand, we have new digital programs via social media we have mobile technology we have the ability to donate by buying an app or through an app if you're talking about something uh, like level up which i wrote about on, on my blog recently i mean what do you think is ahead for businesses and nonprofits and customers working together
2: well uh, certainly we we have to continue to evolve but there is something to be said for the tried and true fundraising yeah. tactics. And yeah. um, you know, I think there really is something to that notion of donation boxes being again a a physical pipeline that can do more heavy lifting than just collecting coins. Right. Again, it becomes a media channel that mm-hmm. you can use to promote some of these new technologies. You know, whether yeah. it's it's a QR code or yeah. you know, text to give, it becomes a media channel that you know, the, each campaign, each tactic can help support the other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think um, when you look at, you know, evolution versus tried and true, there, there only are so many tactics that work at the point of sale, right? Right. Yeah. Because again, we, what we can't ever lose sight of is we are guests in these retail locations, right? right. They've, mm-hmm. you know, their first responsibility is running the business. And so, mm-hmm you know to the extent we can make it easy turnkey eliminate what they need to do to execute it uh i think it's it's a win for everyone
0: yeah no i think that's absolutely key and that actually may be the ultimate sophistication in fundraising moving forward is making things more simple
1: yeah yeah, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, we could all take a lesson in that, right? That's for sure. <laughs> well, Tim, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. And as usual, our 20 minutes have just flown by. So can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about the Siferman Group if they would like to?
2: Uh, sure. Uh, to find more information, feel free to visit uh, www.siffermangroup.com. And uh, there's more information about uh, the, the great work of McDonald's and Ronald McDonald House Charities and uh, the role that we play within that.
1: Excellent, and we will put a link to that on our show notes. Joe, how about you? Where can people find you online these days?
0: Well, of course, they can find me at my blog, Selfish Giving. They can find me on Twitter, at Joe Waters. And of course, every day, I'm pinning new stuff to my cause marketing Pinterest boards, and I invite people to visit those. And I also wanted to mention that I have a couple boards uh, dedicated to donation boxes. Uh, one associated with the new book I'm running, writing, and then another one that you can find under point of sale programs on pinterest so if you look at either one of those boards uh, you'll find information on donation boxes and some great examples of those what about you megan where can people find you
1: I'm on Twitter at Megan Strand, as well as tweeting for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And I also blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at CauseUpdate.com. And you can find Cause Talk Radio on Stitcher Smart Radio, as well as iTunes. We do request that you subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. And on behalf of Tim and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us today for Cause Talk Radio. We'll see you next time.